Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's what, what wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I am here with my brother-in-arms, Captain Jack. Jack, it's good to see you, my man. Josh, always good to see you, sir. I feel like uh, the Marcos have been oddly <laughs> silent this week, dude. I think we've both had some busy weeks. Yeah, like I feel like we haven't we have had our normal some busy weeks. Um, our our normal our normal interaction quota hasn't been filled. You know. Yeah, it's been weird. Um, let's see, what did I have? I had a lot. I actually had a, like a lot of events last yeah. week. So I was where was I? I was in Sumner. Yep. If people people outside the Pacific Northwest and Western Washington don't know what I'm talking about. No. But I was at Sumner for a little high school career fair. I was down in Vancouver, Washington for a little mm-hmm. career fair at a college there called Clark, Clark College. Yep. And then I was, uh, <laughs> dude, it took me an hour and 45 minutes to drive from Tacoma to Bellevue. Oof. Be- Gross. Because my manager, my manager was at Bellevue, and they we were training our new recruiter that we just hired on. Yeah, Ugh. it was gross. It was disgusting. That's why I, I work remote, that. people. Cheers to yeah. remote. So yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers, cheers to remote. Got that Coke Zero going today, man. <laughs> so yeah, Coke Zero anyway. is better than Diet Coke. It is hundred uh, percent. It's not even a question. Better. No, okay, it's not. Yeah. It's not a question. It's, Coke yeah, Zero is absolutely not. better than Diet Coke. Let's yeah. be honest about this. Yeah, sorry, that's just a little little offshoot <laughs> that, that I have to say. You, you know what diet? What Coke Zero is really good paired with? A reformatory cigar of the week, Jack. Ooh. What do you got for us? How about that you segue? Slick. You see that? You mm. slick. Mm. You slick, mm. man. Mm. You slick. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this week's cigar of the cigar review is brought to you again. By Luciano Cigars. By viewers okay. like you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. The more uh, where's LeVar Burton at? Yeah, um, that's right. So, that's right. Dude. 
Okay, yes, so dude. it's ingrained yeah. in every millennial child's head. <laughs> it has yes. to be. Sorry, continue. So, okay, this cigar is the Santa Maria. Santa the Maria. Santa Maria from Luciano Cigars. It is a uh, Robusto Extra mm. box pressed. That box very pressed, nice. dude. Okay, this is a very. Okay, I like probably two Vitolas that I can appreciate. One of them yeah. is a Lancero. I okay. will always go for a Lancero. Sure. And the other one is a Robusto box pressed Vitola. Yes. It just is like a lot of flavor. And this like does not, I mean, the the breakdown of this, you'll see why. So the wrapper on this mm-hmm. is from the United States. Hmm. It is Connecticut Broadleaf. Okay. Uh, the binder, Ecuadorian. Come on now. Um, it also has uh, Ecuadorian. So Ecuadorian in the way of Habano, Ecuadorian Habano binding, and Sumatran. Oh man, we just going like it's, it's Dude, all just this, we're this just going, is like eclectic, bro. This is this like is layers like on layers. the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, homie. Dude, like every country, homie. It gets better. <laughs> the, f- the filler, yeah. Dominican. Come on. And and Nicaraguan. Oh yeah. <laughs> and to, and Peruvian. Dude, they just threw the whole kitchen sink at this cigar. Dude, they threw so much into this thing. Man. Um yeah. It is coconuts. Um so it is that is a stout blend. Okay. Yeah. I don't care who you are, that is a stout blend right there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. MSRP is ten to twelve dollars. Okay, pretty much the Average. same that we were working with last week. Yep. But man, it is—it's got earthiness. It's got that sweetness on the mm. back end of it. Yep. Um, man, it's got some leather. Yeah. It's got man. It's got a lot of tasting notes. This is probably. I don't know if I like the the dreamer or this more. Oh man. That's the question in your head. I man. I like this cigar a little bit more because of that blend, dude. Wow. That blend is coconuts. Um, well, there it is. Yeah. There it is. So I don't know. I, this this has got to be top 5 of the year for me. My goodness. Okay, well next time I make it down it's to T-Town. It's got to be top 5 of the year. Next time I make it down to T-Town, uh you're going to have to you're going to have to hook a brother up. Because the Santa I, Maria. I want to taste yeah. it. The Santa Maria. And who makes it again? Uh, Luciano Cigars. Luciano. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here, possibly for the first time, the Santa Maria by Luciano Cigars. Go get you some. Because <laughs> Jack just gave it possibly top five of his year, which is incredible. All right. Yeah. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. Jack, my friend, we're moving today, man. We're we're keeping things yeah. going, man. We ain't we ain't we ain't dragging stuff out. We ain't dragging stuff out. Jack, we have a listener request, a patron listener mm. request. So it's like mailbag. It's like mailbag. It's that's like, right. It's like it's mail, a, you know, like on the that's old right. podcast. You've got, yes, you've got <laughs> mail. That's right. Let's open up the mailbag, and uh, <laughs> it's like it's like the it's like the mailman that would come. You know, speaking of uh, PBS, you'd show up at. 
Mr. Rogers. You'd always have those letters, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. So this is uh, this is, question is coming in courtesy of listener Tim Rowe, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I want to know if there's any connection to Mike Rowe, as in oh, the yeah. uh, Dirty Jobs guy. You know, yeah, I would like to know if so, uh, Tim. Hook us up. Um, <laughs> probably not, though. <laughs> Tim Rowe asks this. He says, my question is, what things would you both recommend one to consider when looking at vocational ministry? Mm. Things like family life, finances, spiritual and mental health, and whatnot. So, Jack, I think this is a great question because yeah. um, the Lord has been gracious uh, to me to give me the ability to experience both. I've yeah. experienced both bivocational and full-time vocational ministry, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I can say uh, that there's pros and cons to all of them. <laughs> Honestly, one, depending on your role, is not necessarily better than the other. I do have my preferences, and I, I, I do lean a certain way, but it is very true that before you before you make the decision to jump into full-time ministry— There are, I think, a good amount of things to consider, Um, not only practical, uh, practical things, uh, but also spiritual things, too, Mm -hmm. because like it or not, you know, you know, ministry is just difficult across the board. Right. It's just it's it's not an easy thing if you're if you're doing it right. (laughs) It's not an easy thing. All right. Um, But. Bivocational ministry and full-time vocational ministry—they are—they are different. They're different beasts that require yeah. different things of you, and there's mm-hmm. things to consider before you hop in. So I think it's a great question, um, Jack. I want to throw it over to you. I know that you, Jack, have at least—you've been at least bivocational before. Uh, I've been in, more. Yeah, I've been vocational before. So. Uh, oh, 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 have you been? Have you been full-time vocational as well? Yeah. Oh, I didn't actually, I don't know if I actually knew that. Okay, well, then, dude, even better. I'm throwing this over to you. (laughs) I'm throwing this over to you first. Uh, Just his general question, man, he listed a lot of stuff there. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'd like to cover as many of these these different aspects that that he listed in his question. I just want to throw it over to you first, Jack. When you think of someone that's, you know, trying to decide whether to hop into full-time ministry, because that's that's the question here, full-time vocational. Yeah, what are some thoughts you got on that? While I sip on my Coke Zero, not a sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, yet. Yes. Um, so I was in full time vocational ministry in kind of like a executive assistant um, and hospitality uh, kind of deacon role for about a year and a half, a little bit, maybe around that time frame. Um, and I can tell you this. I was not prepared at all for vocational ministry. One of it being um, the fact that, how, how shall I say this? It is very different being paid from your local church. Mm. How about that? Um, part of it is that. Part of it is... Um, Depends upon the size of your local church. Mm-hmm. Depends upon the people, and um, I don't know about. I wouldn't say philosophy. I would say how your church is structured as far as doctrine goes. 
Um, those are very surface level things, but they very much impacted a lot of stuff with me. Um, I would say deeper issues. If I see, this is kind of weird too, because I'm more citing on the non-vocational side of things. Yeah. If I were to do this. (laughs) I know. Whereas, whereas I, whereas I side more on the vocational side of yeah. things. So this is going to be a perfect podcast, Jack. We're going to we're going to cover it from so all sides. Look at us. <laughs> I if, if 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 hypothetically, if I were to go back into an elder position or I wouldn't say I've never been in an elder position. I've only been in deacon roles. Um but if I were to occupy an elder role, it would be non-vocational hmm. in that sense. Um primarily because I have the conviction that I do not want to um, I wouldn't say waste the local church's money on me, but it's more like there can be better stuff allocated than something that I know that my salary is already going to be provided for in my current vocation that I'm sure. in as a recruiter. So sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I hate, I don't know if I throw shade at people for being in vocational ministry because we do have two full-time vocational pastors at my church yeah, and they definitely have their hands full, and we definitely need them in the capacities that they're in. Yeah, um, and thankfully the Lord's been good, and only good. But then uh, our congregation has been very generous in that we're able to support them because each of those pastors has three plus more kids. Yeah, one sure. of them has four. Is the Four reformed way. teens, <laughs> teens and preteen girls, Man. and the other one has like two like younger boys and a and a kind of toddler girl. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Um, so for me, it's more along the lines of, yeah, does family come into play with this? Yes, like even my wife and I are talking about this as the eve of my son is about to be born here in the late June time frame. Mm-hmm. early July, we talk a lot about what does it look like for us to serve, to us to hop back into serving again once my wife has my son and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have talked about this a lot. So that comes into play to it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say the other part of it that <laughs> I currently have conversations about is your salary and just how is that going to be broken up? Right. What what is the church going to provide as far as healthcare and all this other stuff? And what, what is it set up on that end? So mm-hmm. I would say there's, there's different facets of yes. Like it is a worthy and noble calling to be a shepherd full time in a local church. There's no doubt about that, Yeah, but you do have to look at these kind of tertiary things that will affect how you minister as well too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and just your health and performance of how you're doing while you're ministering too. So yeah, no, yeah, that's a hundred percent right, man. I think I think those are all really good words. Um, I think coming from coming from someone who has been in both, like I said at the beginning, there's definitely pros and cons to to each. Um, I can I can tell you as someone who has had a few. Uh, bumps and bruises in ministry, um, and mm-hmm. in uh, those cases, it was full time vocational ministry. There is there is something nice about not having your income 
your financial security tied to the church that you're serving at. And Jack Jack mentioned one reason for that is so that it's not a burden on the church, right? Um, but also, the hard reality is sometimes it just doesn't work out <laughs> mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Either, yeah. you know, you grow theologically and you grow kind of out of the space that you're in, or something mm-hmm. happens at the church, right? Where it just, it's not feasible for you to continue to serve there or to sometimes even attend there. Yeah. Those are, those are kind of, those are doomsday scenarios, but they do happen. And I have experienced them. I've experienced both mm-hmm. of those. Uh, and, and you, it is, it is, um, it is nice not having on top of everything else that you have to worry about in terms of like leaving a church and things like that. And all, the, already how stressful that is. It is nice not to have to worry about your finances on top of all of that. <laughs> um, and often, yeah. I will say this also, I'm going to kind of start with a negative and then get into the positive, because I think I think there's a lot of positives, too. <laughs> I think many, I think many men have stayed in the position that they're in the, I, I will say even sometimes abusive positions that they are for far too long, mm-hmm. because the thought of having to uproot their family and find another job is just too daunting of a task. Yeah. And when you have that relationship with your church to where not only is it your your church and it's your family, but it's also your employment, right? And you're getting paid there. Sometimes if, you know, we run into scenarios where if the situation was different, this would be an easy call. Like, yeah. we're, not, we're not staying here anymore. But because I'm getting paid here, because this is how I pay my bills, it's how I pay my rent, it's how I buy food, it's how I buy diapers for my kids. Yeah. That conversation changes flavors a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you start thinking about things a little differently, mm-hmm. you know, and often it can result in staying in a bad situation longer than you should because that's a factor, right? Yeah. Um, you know, another reason, not not so much negative, but some guys just aren't cut out for it. You know, some guys need to be able to have that balance, kind of that church and work balance, uh, just on a mm-hmm. spiritual and emotional level. Not everyone, not everyone who's you know called to lead a church uh, is called to do it full time, right? We have that verse uh, in Timothy talking about uh, the elders being worthy of double honor. What that verse means is that you have some elders. Uh, who are you know leading the church as as they should, and then you have some elders who are res- worthy of double honor. And what that means is that their position, their work, is set aside for full time ministry. Sure. So that the church is supporting these men in a full time capacity, so that all of their focus can be placed on the ministry, on leading the church, preaching and teaching primarily in in that case. So even mm-hmm. in scripture, we see a distinction uh, between the elders, right? And there are some who, you know, maybe just don't have the bandwidth or don't have the gifting, if you will, to to go full-time, right? This isn't always just in an elder position either. Like, this is sometimes, you know, like, you know, more like what you were, Jack. Like, you, maybe yeah. you're an admin assistant. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're in a larger church and your church is asking you to come on full-time to... Uh, to lead music, right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. or 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 come on full time as like a, 
you know, as like a head head deacon or, you know, whatever the case is, there's these opportunities that that arise and you got to ask yourself, is this something that I am willing to basically make my entire life wrap around? And I, I know Jack and I talk about making your local church central and that's that's. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about here. It's that literally everything, your finances, your time, your mortgage, your rent, your food, it's all wrapped up in the church, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And for a lot of guys, that's just not that's just not sustainable, right? Yeah. Um so I do think that there are some reasons not to do it. Um I'm going to flip the script a little bit because yeah. although I do believe there are things to consider, uh things mm-hmm. to ask yourself whether, you know, the emotional strain of ministry, the spiritual strain of ministry, it's always greater when it's full time. Yeah, it always is. That's yeah. just that's just how it is, right? Um, if you are full time vocational, it means that all of your time, all of your mental capacity, it's full time in the church. All right, that's your role. You're getting you're getting compensated to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of joy in that, I think. But I think there's also a lot of things you got to watch out for, and it's those type of stuff that Jack and I was talking about. It's going to take a mental strain, an emotional strain, a spiritual strain because you're just in it more. You're saturated in it more, right? And the the more that you're you're integrated into the church that way, um, the greater you're going to feel that stuff, right? I mean, I, I know yeah. I know Jack, you've you like you've experienced that, and I think we've both experienced. Both the positive and the negative of being that immersed in church. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know how to say this without starting to get raw and real, but... Here we go. You you will one way or the other see people's, like, I don't know, sinful side of them way more than you will see kind of the... The, I don't know, the the more like churched up version, Lord's Day version of them on Sunday, I guess. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. And you just have to be, if you're not prepared for that, if you're not prepared for kind of that, I think every single, but this can go for any kind of vocational um, position career-wise as well too. Like you're going mm-hmm. to see some type of, seedy underbelly if you want to say this uh of this role right sure and some of it some of it could be completely not your staff and some of it could be some of your church members yeah and some people that you are trying to counsel and help and some of it could be people on your staff i think for me it was really tough because it was people on the staff uh that i think had a way in which they went about things that did not help. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did not encourage. They did not um, kind of move things along forward for me to kind of grow um, as somebody in ministry. And so that was tough. So not only was that tough, but I think what Josh talked about a little bit too, I had been laid off of my role in vocational ministry. Yeah. Um, Primarily because of different positions, different things happening, um, some relational dynamics that didn't work out, and then you have uh, other people being favored over myself to come in and take over and do things. Mm-hmm. 
And it was tough for me at that point as well, too, because I definitely wanted to hit the eject button to a certain extent. Sure. But I don't really have a plan. Sure. Yeah. And so that, that I think, gave some perceptions to some people that somehow, um, oh, you got laid off by the church, but you stayed. So it's like, this is such a testimony. And in my own being, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, I think part of it was you may like prepare yourself. I guess the, the short, the, the bottom sure. line up front is this prepare yourself for those times that it could possibly come up like that because certain people will only give you a fraction of what they want you to see sometimes. And unfortunately, this is the this is the case with all mankind and all humanity, Christian or not Christian. Like we will put on a good show to a certain extent because we want people to think the best of us. Um, But on a church staff, it should be to the point where um, I am not doing that. I am trying to be as transparent, as honest, as upfront as I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be a reconciler. I am trying to be somebody who's about our team and about our staff going forward, uh, about an elder team going forward, about the deacons going forward, Mm -hmm. just all of that. Like you have to be a person who tries to communicate this very unified front and you're not going to do that by being two-faced <laughs> sure, <laughs> because sure. if you are yeah. um that's not both josh and i have had these experiences it does not go well so no no yeah. no no it doesn't it doesn't yeah yeah so you know if you're gonna hop into full-time vocational ministry whether it's in a leadership role or not it's good to consider the cost it's good to cons- mm-hmm. c- consider the cost financially right having your finances tied there it's good to consider the cost um emotionally spiritually uh, those are a lot of conversations you got to have with your spouse right because you being in full-time ministry whatever that looks like it's gonna have massive effects on your spouse as well you know more even more so than having just a regular job right because not only is your identity and your job and everything tied up into the place that you worship so is hers Mm -hmm. right because now she's thinking the exact same things you are is that she knows that you know a large part of our financial security in our life is tied up to this place also where I worship, right? So those are all those are all things that you have to prayerfully prayerfully consider when thinking about hopping in to to vocational ministry. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say another dynamic to this that made mm-hmm. it, I guess, somewhat complicated too is I was single during this time. Yeah, when I was sure. in vocational ministry, that matters, and so yeah, yeah. because, um, you know, I had uh, I had moved back to Tacoma, and then I had tried to pursue one girl in the church that didn't work out. I tried mm-hmm. to pursue another girl in the church that didn't work out, and then I pers- finally tried to pursue my wife. Thankfully, that's why she's my wife, yeah, <laughs> and that did work right. out. But she felt sorry for you. That's why <laughs> she was like, "This guy, he, he's trying so hard. Bless his heart." <laughs> oh my gosh! We'll give him a shot. Um, so, yeah, just prepare yourself for that kind of 
if you're single, if you're a single man and you're trying to be in vocational ministry, um, prepare yourself for those dynamics. Yeah, and just yep. have accountability in that. Yeah, um, because that's very important as well too. So yeah, hundred percent, man. So yeah, I think we spent spent a good amount of time kind of on the on the negatives. I don't even want to call them negatives. On the on the <laughs> On the things to watch out for, right? Because yeah. because it is a big thing. Um, now, I am of the belief, not only uh, just kind of, you know, not only just in thought, but also experientially, that vocational ministry is needed and important. Mm-hmm. I think that we need uh, solid leaders in the church whose full-time job it is to take care of the church. I think yeah. it's biblical. I think we see it in Scripture. I think it's important that churches have that. I think, even though even though I have experienced such, such negative aspects of full-time vocational ministry, I still believe it's something that when you are called to it, you can't get it out of your head. And mm. it's it's one of those things where I know I've tried full full time vocational ministry, bivocational ministry, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to get all like spirit experiential, like weirdly spiritual here, <laughs> but you feel the difference, sure. And when yeah. you have a a burning in your soul, and I believe a genuine calling from the Lord to serve him in that way. Nothing else satisfies like full-time vocational ministry. Yeah. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's a very specific type of person that God calls into full-time ministry. It doesn't make that person any more spiritual. It doesn't make them on a higher plane or a higher level. It's just a different calling. It's a different gifting. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different way that God has equipped those individuals, right? Yeah. I believe that that is how God has wired me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I've had, I've had to do both and I know where I thrive the most. I know where <sighs> the passion is uh, and, 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 and where the most joy that I have felt in ministry is when I'm able to dedicate and devote all of my time to mm-hmm. serving the body uh, that I am called to serve. Now, I think there is so much joy that comes with that because the amount of the amount of just work that you can accomplish as a full time vocational minister, whatever the facet, it's it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I. I love being full-time and my goal and my dream is and my prayer is to return to full-time one of these days. Um, if the Lord should will and if, you know, funding comes through and things like that. Right. Um, so there are seasons when you have to go by vocational, sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of, you know, you know, health reasons. Yeah. But there is so much joy and richness that is found in full-time vocational ministry, if that's mm-hmm. how God has wired you, if that's the desire that he's given you, and you you have that 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 longing, that that almost 
burning in the soul that won't be quenched having your affections divided yeah right that is something not to ignore Mm -hmm. because if the Lord has given you that calling and he's equipped you in that way and you find that when you are in a situation where your affections are divided, where you long to be serving in church and you long to be, to be more, to, to give more of your time and more of your energy and more of your sweat, blood and tears to serving the people of God. But you got to work this job because you know, it's the right thing to do. You got to pay your bills, right? I would say, talk to your pastors about that. That's something to consider because yeah. that, type of calling, that type of gifting, I don't believe is given to everyone that God has called to lead in his church. Mm. I think Jack and I are a perfect example of that. I think God has equipped both of us to be leaders in our church. He's equipped us differently. He's given us different desires. He's wired us differently. But you see you need both, right? And you see how they perfectly, like the way that Jack is called and the way that I am called, they perfectly gel together. Mm-hmm. to create a leadership unit that that works yeah. right and that and that it's effective that things don't slip through the cracks right so y- you need both i believe in the local church and i am a firm believer that if if your local church is able financially they should have and they should attempt to get as many guys vocational as they can obviously yeah as long as the guys desire it and and that's you know that's something that they're gifted in but i think the church thrives and and there is so much benefit and good that the church receives the more qualified men they have that are able to devote their entire lives to its service i th- i just i just think that's what happens yeah. You know? And you know the types of churches that Jack and I, you know, that we that we frequent and I think most of the probably the people that listen to this podcast, they're not big churches. Right? Like most of the solid biblical churches in America aren't mega churches. No, they're not. And they can't afford doing that, right? Yeah. So if you have the opportunity in your church to be able to go full time and that's being offered to you. Mm-hmm. Man, consider the cost. Yeah. Pray deeply, you know, ask advice of your pastors, speak to your wife, but don't underestimate the joy that can come from that. Yeah. Because I'm telling you firsthand, there is so much joy that can come from being able to have your entire life dedicated to serving the Lord's people in that capacity. Yeah. It, it's just, there's nothing like it. Yeah. If the Lord's wired you that way and you have that that desire, man, go for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, just keep keep all the all the warnings that Jack and I have talked about. Make sure that you keep your schedule your schedule, you know, clear, right? Don't sacrifice family for your ministry. Please don't. Don't do that. Please. Too many guys do that, right? Please don't. Yeah. Right? And that's where having that open communication with your wife as well as apps is is mandatory 
mandatory people. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice your family for your ministry. Don't put your family on the altar of ministry because if your family, if your relationships with your wife, with your kids, if they are going sour in your home, it's going to affect the way that you minister to people. Yeah. Right? You need to be doing well at home first. That needs yeah. to be primary. Because if you're not doing well at home, you are not going to do well at church. So work those schedules out with the other people on staff, with your wife. Come to a good agreement, right? And be jealous of that schedule. Now, obviously, things pop up and emergencies pop up. So-and-so's in the hospital. We need some help. Okay, you know, those are those are situations that, 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 that you can have some grace in. But on a, on a general note... Kind of the last piece of advice that I will I will give is be jealous of that schedule if you are going to be full time. Yeah, because otherwise, just just simply the just simply the way the job goes, it's not. And this isn't putting anyone down. This is just the this is just the way it happens. There is there's so many needs in the church. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that need done. There's so many people that need ministered to. There's so many people that need encouraged. Like you'll never sleep if you try to do it all, right? And so that's why it's good to have as many guys as you can to help share that load, but also realize that your family needs to be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice your family and put them on the altar of ministry because it's just not going to go well, yeah. right? You need to be able to have those clear boundaries um, so that you can minister to your family primarily and that will then enable you and actually actually give you that encouragement and that 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 energy to then mm. minister to your church as well right yeah. you and your wife got to be on the same team you guys got to know what you're walking into you got to go in with your eyes open and you got to go in agreeing with one another because too many guys and i am talking as one who has done this myself <laughs> too many guys <laughs> go into ministry not on the same page with their wife and mm-hmm. I have experienced what happens when we do that, and the consequences are not good. Yeah. They're not good. <clears throat> and because of my zeal and, honestly, my stupidity, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And I want to save you from that. Make yeah. sure you are 100% on the same page with your wife before mm-hmm. you consider making ministry your full-time vocation. Because it's hard. It's not yeah. an easy job. There are many other there are many easier jobs than being in full time ministry. Again, if you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. gotta be doing it right. Yeah. Right. So a lot of things to watch out for, but a lot of joy. You know, and you just gotta you gotta take some inventory, have some conversations, see how the Lord's wired you. Um and and walk through it. Walk through it. Maybe try it for a little bit. You know, if 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 you're able to do that financially, kind of you know, dip your toe in, see if it, see if it's for you. Maybe it's not for you. Um, mm-hmm. But just make sure that you have that communication, not only with your family but with the others on staff, everyone involved. Have that clear communication going so that there are no surprise expectations, so that you all know exactly what's going on and why you're here. Right? Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yep. So I think the only yeah, I think the only thing really too to finalize things off is mm-hmm. I mean, this is the obvious, but yeah. You pray, you ask other Christians, you pray some more, you ask yep. other Christians some more, you get that kind of rounded yeah. it's almost like um 
this is kind of like my guilty pleasure lately, but uh, how like some carpenters basically craft. Oh, you've been oh you've been YouTube certain oh, banisters. You YouTube holes. Yeah, certain banisters, and they make that round those oh, round so kind of satisfying, pegs. dude. It is yes. so satisfying. Oh it's man, just, I know exactly what you're talking th- about. That time of prayer is like that little kind of just that little like. It's just just that little blade that yeah. just chisels a little bit. Or dude, yep. Okay, I'm gonna go on a rabbit hole here. Uh, here people make like how they make chess pieces. Oh, dude, yeah. that is okay. So that is oddly satisfying. But anyway, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. I'm just saying you yeah. need those things: prayer, talking to other Christians, looking at Scripture. Those mm-hmm. things are gonna round out how you're going to look at and think about vocational ministry. And yep. it's either going to confirm or deny things. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Those things are basically going to be the the smelter, and they're going to bring up impurities, and you're going to find out what they are, and they're either going to confirm or deny some things. Yep. And God is going to be in the, all that, and the Holy Spirit is going to confirm those things, mm-hmm. and you are going to look to Christ, and you're going to say, yes, this is being confirmed, or no, based upon yeah. all those things we just said. So, yep. Boom. Bam. Yeah. Absolutely. Jack, my friend, Big Eva has sung. Big Eva She's has sung. singing loud. <laughs> Why don't you get us out of here, my friend? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's uh, thoughts and Ooh. our mailbag about certain mailbag. questions that come about in vocational full-time ministry of making the local church central to the believer's life, uh, you too can join us uh, more in on this conversation on the sociables, if you will. Yes. The Facebook, the metaverse, the craziness that is what will eventually go down in the next 24 hours. Uh, the Instagram, another offshoot of the metaverse, but it goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. Uh, yeah, and then, as always, the dumpster fire, the Twitterverse, the tweaker, the Twitter, the t- the little blue bird site, the Muskerville, yep. if you will. You can find us at all of those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. You can drop us a question, drop us some mail. We yes. add this. We could do it yep. for other episodes, like anything that you ask us, we'll probably do as well, too. Uh, as long as it's kid friendly, it's a kid show. If it's not kid-friendly, then we'll do it over on the Patreon. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> Josh, you can tell us. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in other ways of making the local church central into the believer's life, my friend. That's right. That's right. Well, if you are listening to this on a platform in which it allows you to rate and review podcasts, we ask that you do that. Give us a five stars for five solas. Give us a little blurb. Tell us what you like about the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. If you feel led you can head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash reformatorypod, and mm-hmm. join the podluck. The reformatory mm. has all access, and it is delicious. And it's all, all of it, all the episodes that you get, all the funny little videos and stuff that Jack and I throw up there, all of it can be yours for the small amount of a $5 holla a month. Mm. Five bucks a month. That's all it is for reformatory all access. If you choose to do that, our pledge, our vow to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. (laughs) That is our pledge to you. And uh, you can head on over there 
and listen to Jack and I talk about YouTube rabbit holes that we fall in. Because oh, yeah. I've got Big some time. that we're going to yep. talk about all over on the yep. podluck. So, yep. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>